1: That's eight hundred two seven eight seventeen thirty
2: eight. You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
3: Hey, thanks for that, and welcome to another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. That's right, it sounds more official when I slow it down. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. The show's wide open today. I had hella guests yesterday, and it was a great show. When was it not? I had three different movie people and all sorts of wacky, wacky stuff. Today I have comedian Rory Scovel. It's been years since he's been on the show. He's a big hit. He's at Cobb's and he'll join me at 1010, 1012, 10, somewhere in there. JD Sharp at 1112, scheduled to appear. But other than that, it's open lines. This is sports talk the way the good Lord intended it. One man on a mic and one person on a. Well, it doesn't have to be. Why does it have to be a man? Why does it have to be a man? You're right. One person on a mic, one person on a phone. Let's talk about it together at 1-800-878-PLAY. Don't write it down, dial it up. 1-800-878-7529. Get you in and get you heard wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours. That's right, Bulgaria. 1-800-878-PLAY. Also, you can uh, chime in on the email, which is rick at You can always go there, click listen live, and um, all sorts of uh, great stuff uh, ensuing there as well. Uh, Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, you can stitch me up that way. American Forces Radio Network worldwide, most importantly, big supporter. Of our troops, because they're the ones that keep us safe to allow us to do these things. And um, we do know that it is an all-volunteer professional armed services. There ain't no draft no more sun. There was one, so they call me the cruiser. We appreciate all that you do. If you don't get the stripes lines, watch stripes today. Also, if you would like to tweet at me or X at me, it's at Rick Tittle. We got three hours open lines. Let's talk sports. Get on back.
4: Some published authors are making significant money, so join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now, and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen call doran's publishing right now
1: 800-485-6003 800-485-6003 800-485-6003 that's 800-485-6003
5: has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. How are you doing? How's it going, E? Sound like Bill Burr. I'm just checking in on you. Um, <clears throat> as I said, we got a lot of open lines today. I'm going to start off with some local news, because it looks like the Niners have reached a breaking point with Trey Lance. It was reported this morning that Sam Darnold is officially the backup to Brock Purdy, which means... The uh, former third overall pick is now third string, and that's not a surprise. Um, I talked about this last week, about how much Kyle Shanahan has just raved about Sam Darnold, which I think is a horror. If you're a Niner fan, you just got to hope that doesn't happen, because Sam Darnold is a turnover machine, but Kyle thinks, I can fix this guy. This is going to be amazing, blah, 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 but... Sam Darnold is pathetic, but here's the thing. He's looked better than Trey Lance, and that is sad. And so the Niners have to explore their options now, and it would probably be a trade. They're not going to get anything significant for him. I wouldn't expect anything more than a sixth-round pick. Um, But Trey Lance not attending practice yesterday was – Kyle Shanahan's idea. And he said, take the day off and get away. It's the best thing for you. that That's even worse. You know, when you're told that, I remember being told when I was in high school that I, I was in a quarterback competition when I was 16 and I was told, yeah, it looks like you're going to be second string every day I fought. And so if we got a big lead, I would quarterback the second half. But I would play safety, but I just thought, I got to fight. I got to fight. I got to get my job back. <clears throat> Sam Darnold is not, I mean, think about um, now that he's second string, Trey Lance, can I have a chance to get my job back? Take the day off and get away. That was the quote. Wow. Remember, last year he was given the keys to the organization, but... He had his season end in week two with an ankle injury, and that injury gave Jimmy Garoppolo his job back. And then, of course, he was out in week 13, and so now they had to put this, the last pick of the draft Purdy in. So, <clears throat> if you want to look at Lance's stats, he's two and two as a starter. He's completed 55% of his passes, 797 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions, and eight career games played. But he's only 23 years old. He revealed last offseason that a finger injury basically ruined his rookie campaign because he had to learn to throw the ball differently, and then, of course, he broke his ankle in the past season. So uh, Shanahan said, we gave Lance – A big chance to win that two spot this year. It was a very tough fight, but in the long run, Sam ended up winning it. Well, I also think that even if Trey Lance, what if he set the world on fire? What if he threw three touchdown passes against the Raiders instead of running around for his life looking awful against the Raiders? I still think Darnold, like I said, Shanahan is in love with Sam Darnold. And so it remains to be seen how much Lance can improve at the NFL level. You know, you have uh, Mike Lombardi saying, you know, that he doesn't have the instincts, he'll never play quarterback. That's a pretty brutal thing to say about a guy who's only played in eight games. You're allowed your opinion, obviously. I remember um, when uh, the Raiders had a certain quarterback out of uh, Ohio State, who every time he was part of the old uh, Tattoo Gate, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> Prior. And I went on the air and I said, um, I think he's dumb. This is on 95.7 FM. I said it here too. And guy called me, black guy, and he said, I'm sick of black quarterbacks being called dumb. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. He's, I'm not calling black quarterbacks dumb. you telling me that Warren moon and Randall Cunningham were dumb. I'm saying this guy's dumb and I'm not too scared. You know, his, his whatever his heritage is, I'm not, I reserve the right. To, I just thought he was dumb. He just seemed dumb. And I just thought Terrell Pryor is never going to do anything. If you feel that way about Trey Lance, Michael Lombardi, then go ahead and say it. But I do think that the jury is out. You know, and you can say a lot of disparaging things about it. His numbers don't add up. He looked horrible in preseason. He's injury prone. He didn't play in a big conference. But this is the thing. Two years ago, number three overall pick, one of five players traded for three first round picks in the common draft era. And think about that. Three first round picks. Only five times has that ever happened. In football, where somebody's gonna give you three first round picks. That's how much I loved him. They loved him. But I also think, and I said it at the time, <clears throat> that because remember when they traded it up, it's like, ooh, they traded up really early. And it's like, well, that's because they want the kid that New England got. <laughs> they wanted him. It's like, no, they don't. The kid out of Alabama. No, they want the kid out of the hinterlands where it snows. It's because Kyle missed out on Patrick Mahomes. He missed out. He whiffed. And this guy was the next, just like, remember, Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the next Patrick Mahomes on Green Bay. We can't, we have to get him. So, I mean, according to pro football talk, the Vikings and the Niners have had discussions about Lance. I mean, the Vikings are right there where he played practically, I'm sure they watched him a lot. They talked about Lance at the combine and Minnesota has not made any long-term moves. They could re-kick the tires on him. I mean, Kirk cousins in the final year of his contract right now, you got the new GM there. Quasi Adolfo Mensah, maybe bring him in to be a backup learning Kevin O'Connell's offense, maybe a potential successor. There are people talking about that the Rams also could fall into that category, being that Matt Stafford is 35 years old. Retirement is knocking at the door and getting a talent like Lance within Sean McVay's system with zero pressure to start anytime soon would be a good one. And how comical would this be? The Dolphins rumor? It was the Dolphins who the Niners traded up to to get the number three overall selection to take Lance. And San Francisco shipped out a boatload of assets to go up high in that draft, which the Miami Dolphins took those picks and turned them into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Bradley Chubb. What if they also get the quarterback that that pick was used for? And as I said, there's some comedic value on there as well. But there's also the relationship with Mike McDaniel and... Um, You know, so the two starting running backs there, Wilson and and Mostert, were Niners. McDaniel has some inner knowledge on Lance. And if he wants him, I mean, it could be some insurance to a tag of Aloha, who's injury prone and also plays the same kind of game. Very fleet of foot, not the biggest guy in the world. So, you know, once again, um, the Niners whiffed on uh, Trey Lance. But they found gold in Brock Purdy. I mean, this is, this is why you, we give these report cards at the end of drafts, and we just, we just don't know. But I uh, – and look, I know the Niners, if they don't trust him, then don't make him the backup. If they trust Darnold more, I get it, even though, I mean, a turnover machine is more trusted. But I'm not going to say that Trey Lance can't play like Lombardi. I'm not going to say that because I don't know. I haven't seen enough. He hasn't played enough. He really has not played enough to say that he absolutely can't play. He hasn't looked good, but I'm not going to go that far. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Your thoughts, 1-800-878-PLAY. Let's talk some sports right here on Titillating Sports.
8: do
9: you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life are you thinking about it what if we can promise you the same results for less than three dollars a pill if you're paying twenty dollars a pill for the other pills you're getting taken to the cleaners Right now.
1: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917.
4: President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline.
10: Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? <laughs>
11: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: I have that effect on people. 1-800-878-PLAY. By the way, some more NFL talk. The Dolphins, who I mentioned, they need a running back. They called the Vikings about Dalvin Cook and uh, Dalvin Cook decided to go to the Jets. They've called the Raiders about Josh Jacobs. Apparently the Raiders have said, we're not trading him no matter what. And they've also called Robert Ursay about Jonathan Taylor. <clears throat> and remember the owner there, Ursay, said, we're not trading him now nor in October. When the trade deadline goes away, so yeah, Vegas. I hate saying Vegas, but they did place the franchise tag on Jacobs, and he's not signed the tag. We heard a couple of days ago that he was coming in, but he didn't. As Josina Anderson of CBS Sports said, yeah, he's coming in. He'll be there week one. Well, we're getting close, <laughs> but they're not moving. But as for Taylor. <clears throat> acquiring him might be a possibility. I don't know how likely it is, but this very public fallout with the Colts, this was a guy who was the best running back in football two years ago. And he was kind of, remember he requested a trade and he was somewhat granted that trade request this week because Indy gave him permission to seek a suitable partner yesterday. Uh, Yeah, that's different than you're not being traded. It's almost like you do the legwork. Tell your agent, come back with us and see if we like it. You know, we don't have to shop you. You shop yourself and let us know how it goes. It's a very interesting thing. Isn't that like self-tampering? But I guess if they let you do it, then it's not. But the tough part is that the Indianapolis Colts are looking for a first-round pick, and my question to that is why wouldn't they and teams would say well last year he only played in 11 games he was a yard less per uh rushing he was five and a half down to four and a half he only rushed for 78 per game it's like yeah but when he's healthy if you take those numbers out over a whole season you still have a thousand yard rusher there maybe two twos a two and a three a two and a four but Indy wants a first-round pick. Would you give up a first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor? I would on a sign-and-trade. If I had no running backs at his age, he's not even 25 yet, I would give you a first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor if I had him on a sign-and-trade. I wouldn't have him for as a rental. But hes I think he's definitely worth it. So Miami does not want to give up a first-round pick. And as I said, he's ending the final year of his rookie deal, and he's going to look for a ridiculous extension. He's already held out, and they're like, and look, we've seen NFL teams are not champing at the bit to pay any running back right now, right? So, I mean, Taylor, you could say his situation was kind of similar to Austin Eckler from earlier this offseason because Eckler, who – I don't know if it's his name or the fact he plays for the Chargers. He doesn't get the love he deserves, but as a Raider fan, I can tell you who see Eckler twice a year that the guy is a pretty dominant player. So he asked San Diego, what are they LA for an extension? He didn't get one. So he said, trade me and the Chargers did the same thing. Go out and look. And Eckler discovered a very interesting double standard with his situation. Because he said he didn't come close to being traded because the Chargers wanted first round picks, plural, in return for them. The guy who was so great, but they didn't want to pay him. So he went back. He said, it's kind of interesting where it's like, oh, if you're going to get traded, you got to get traded at this level. But if we're going to keep you, we're going to keep you down at this level. Isn't that interesting how it works? So, <clears throat> will anyone pay for Taylor and be willing to talk extension? That's the question that uh, we'll be asking ourselves when it comes to him. More about Miami, <laughs> talking a lot about Miami. Um, to a tag of Aloha yesterday, um, you know, this is the team that passed on Justin Herbert, who's had the greatest first four years of a career of any quarterback ever. I mean, only Marino has a couple of better numbers. But they went with Tua Tagavaloa. And instead of talking about his offense and his goals for the offseason, he was fielding some questions about criticism fired in his direction, specifically about his offseason conditioning, and just his overall workout plan, too. And he didn't appreciate it, and he let everyone know it. And <clears throat> Ryan Clark, the former NFL safety who now works for ESPN, he took some not-so-subtle subtle shots at Tagovailoa's off-season training and whether or not he took the advice of a nutritionist. And so Tagovailoa said, quote, he probably knows more about me than I know about myself. I don't know. Ryan's been out of the league for some time. I don't know. It's a little weird when other people are talking about other people and they're not that person. So I don't know. It's just a little weird. My background, I come from a Samoan family. Respect is everything. But you know, it does get to the point where, hey, a little bit easy on that buddy. I think we're pretty tough-minded people. And if we need to get scrappy, we can get scrappy too, just saying, hmm. So Tagovailoa's plans this past offseason was to build up muscle to better protect himself, not get hurt. Especially when you throw him on the ground. And it appears Tagovailoa has done that. Although, be it somewhat reluctantly, as he said, he would rather be lighter. He said, I think we worked hard all throughout the offseason. And I'm not someone to talk about myself the entire time, but it does take a lot. And you think... I wanted to build all this muscle. To some extent, I wanted to be a little lighter. There's a mixture of things that people don't understand, that people don't know about, that are talked about, that go behind the scenes. I'd appreciate it if you would just keep my name out of your mouth. That's what I would say. Well, listen you're in the NFL, your name is gonna be in a lot of people's mouths, but I understand what you're saying. Don't talk about me if you don't know what you're talking about. And Mike McDaniel, his head coach stood up for him. He said, we are getting the absolute best version of Tua that has existed. He has taken his nutrition to another level and I couldn't be happier with the work he's put in. And so Ryan Clark, to his credit, he went on Twitter and put out a video looking at the camera. He said, when I, decided to do two, when I decided to do TV, I had two main priorities. Respect all NFL players, coaches, executives, and staff members. Two, earn and keep the respect of those very same people. These priorities are important to me, and when I miss that mark, I have to hold myself accountable. This game is difficult. Players practice so much and sacrifice to be part of that 1%. I have a responsibility to those players to be thoughtful in the way I present my opinions of them. In joking about Tua Tagavaloa, I didn't meet that responsibility. It was never my intention to question Tua's work ethic or commitment to the game, but I'm also aware enough to know that intent doesn't always match impact. How something is presented isn't always how it's received by everyone. I do my best to be honest when executing my job as well as being honest. When I fall short, I fell short on Monday and for that, I genuinely apologize. That's not bad, you know, and you know, Ryan Clark didn't have to do that. And the best revenge will be to uh, have an amazing season. Remember last year he led the NFL in passing accuracy. It was like, what? Yeah, Um, he's looked good in preseason so far when he has played. He was showing off um, his deep ball accuracy in practice yesterday and hitting uh, Tyreek Hill going down the sideline. Tyreek Hill is a kind of player when I played quarterback, which was in high school. So, yeah, I'm Al Bundy here. But. We had one wide receiver that I on five step drops, and sometimes we'd have seven step drops. By the time I got back in my seven step drop, I didn't have the arm to reach him. He was already fifty yards down the field. <laughs> I told my coach, if you want me to throw to that guy, I gotta do a three-step drop. He's burning. And so Tua was just showing Tyreek Hill can't outrun my balls. That sounded bad. But anyway, um, it was just people looking and being reminded that Tua Tagovailoa had eight touchdown passes of more than 40 yards last year. That led the entire NFL. Maybe he wanted to show everybody his Heisman again. (laughs) But Tua went 8-5 and as a starter, and the Dolphins made the playoffs for the first time in five years. But he's also suffered lots of head injuries, and he's been inactive, and leg injuries, but I don't know. Tua is healthy and this is a pretty critical fourth season for him. I'm Rick Pillow. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back on Sports Violin.
2: to school is on and staples has great prices on everything you need for your best year yet save on notebooks save on headphones and laptops save on pens markers and all the essentials and right now at staples 24 pack crayola crayons and comp books are only 50 cents each plus select notebooks are just 35 cents each school on save on at staples where school savings are always in session ends 8:26. in store only limit 30
1: That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans
14: wake
3: up people you're optimizing every waking hour of your life from carpooling kids to work to friends and everything in between you have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as
12: well as you do meet the next generation sleep number smart bed it effortlessly adjusts to your shape
15: position and movements learning how you sleep so you learn to sleep better night after night sleep next level only from sleep number it's the biggest sale of the year. Save
7: 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed, plus free home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday.
10: Oh, come now! Don't be ashamed. We all have our idiosyncrasies.
11: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: Thank you for that. And welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American forces. If you'd like to call me up, it is 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Rory Scoville is coming up at uh, 1012. I should probably X that out. What is the guy doing calling it X? He's trying to be that cool. That's pretty stupid, don't you? I already did X that out, actually. Um, X that out. 1-800-878-7529 to get in. Um, I like talk a little NFL football. It's been a while. This uh, Aiden O'Connell, <clears throat> who was an inconspicuous day three draft pick. Now the talk of the preseason with the Raiders, the former Purdue quarterback, And in the preseason, 26 of 36 for 304 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions through two games, and he's performed like he's played in Josh McDaniel's system for years. He's going to turn 25 soon. He's not a very young rookie, Um, but given his age and the fact that he had over 1,200 college attempts, maybe it's not surprising that he looks more refined, and that's what he is. But... There, you know, you can, you can take these plays, like there was one play against the Rams where you can take like a, a billion uh, positives out of it. You know, he's under center on his own 30-yard line. He's got a uh, strong right, and he drops back, fakes a pass, comes over the middle, and hits uh, the receiver there for about a 15-yard gain. <clears throat> Now, here's the thing. What's the thing, Rick? I say that way too much. Is most people would say, ah, that was a nice play, and then go back to your popcorn or your beer, whatever it is. But if you really want to start, like, breaking down the film, when he dropped back and flashed that play-action fake, which was run right from the formation, the thing that you would notice about O'Connell is that he stared at the corner on the left to hold him from sinking in. That's next level. That really is. And that split second eye manipulation of the corner made that that delivery over the middle because the defender had to pause for just a second and stay home. And I'm going to go ahead and say O'Connell meant that. Now, I grew up watching Ken Stabler, who was the best ever at looking the wrong way watching peripherally and then throwing it the right way <clears throat> I can remember it like it was yesterday I can remember it like I just saw it when we were in the north end zone that said Oakland and Ken Staler came down to about it was about the 12-yard line uh Fred Blitnikoff was on the left side Fred ran straight to the back of the end zone and then he ran all the way along the back of the end zone all the way to the other side Ken Stabler dropped back. He's left-handed. He's looking left. He's looking left. You see Fred Blitnikoff running, and then at the last second, he just turned and threw it all the way across the field for a touchdown to Fred Blitnikoff. Never looked that way except at the beginning of the pattern. And those are the type of things that I would always try to do. Like, don't stare at your receiver, and it kills me. And if I had the, you know, the criticisms of Derek Carr I used to have three one was he would stare at his primary receiver stare at him and everyone's going where you're looking you're the friggin quarterback the other one is diving headfirst with the ball out and it would always pop out of his hands <clears throat> and then the worst was fourth down he threw it out of the incense so he wouldn't throw an interception that was my number one complaint so if you're looking at O'Connell who a guy who probably won't play this year But, you know, you just think about these guys now, they have to be so athletic, like, you know, these Trey Lance type of guys, to a tag of a low, a quick release. Not these big lumbering guys, but then again, what's Justin Herbert, you know, he's not one of these little um, feisty guys. So O'Connell did have some highlights in college that demonstrated that he's got a pretty good arm, but. The and the pocket was squeaky clean, you know, and his target had a step on his man, but all he can do is deliver the ball. It's not it's just like with Trey Lance against the Raiders, every time he hiked the ball, there was somebody in his face. How can you judge the guy? They still judged him. So, you know, you think about guys who are brave in the pocket, like Patrick Mahomes or or Josh Allen, and that's when O'Connell is doing he's waiting for seams to open he's waiting for underneath linebackers to drift you know because they'll drop into the hook and they'll you know maybe look at look-ins the other day i was talking to an outside backer and i got, what was the thing you hated the most of all your responsibilities and he said covering tight ends that was the thing that he hated and yeah if it's antonio gates somebody like that for sure but I mean, even against the Niners in the uh, opening week, um, there was a defensive tackle who beat the left guard, was bearing down on him, and O'Connell saw him and just stayed stoic, unfazed, set his feet, found the tight end in the middle of the field. And not even rookies, but most veteran quarterbacks would have went, yikes, and took off. It would have been an alarm. And uh, O'Connell didn't. And maybe he's dumb, but I like it. (laughs) And he realized what was happening, but, and even in the shotgun, the thing I liked, there was a play in the shotgun. He started off with a little pump down the middle of the field at the top of his drop. And that caused the, um, the containment to pinch just a little bit. And then he delivered this gorgeous throw far over the hash and, um, past the uh, corner on a, uh, on kind of a shake pattern. And he released the ball well before the wide receiver broke and the pass had some heat on it too. It wasn't just some balloon pass. And so the receiver had to dive to make the grab and maybe it would have been better if it was closer to the sideline instead of hanging on sort of towards the numbers. But, it's those little things. And I'm a football nerd. I go with binoculars and I watch and I hate people that don't try like Namdi Asamoah who would just stand there and pretend to be blocked or Daryl Russell who would not do anything. And sometimes you can be a good player and have bad habits I always point out Steve Young, who wound up like he was a pitcher. He would hold the ball like a loaf of bread. He would run with it with one hand. In fact, he would wind up, the ball would almost hit the ground when he would wind up. Horrible fundamentals, but he's Steve Young. He's one of the greatest. He's a Hall of Famer. Six touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. I mean... It doesn't matter what your fundamentals are if you get it done and the, the best fundamentals I've ever seen were Peyton Manning holding the ball to the third hand, which is your chest, bringing it up with two hands, only having one hand on the ball when you were throwing it. Two hands on the ball at all times, even when you bring it up, most guys will bring it up with one hand and then they'll sort of hile with the other hand. Peyton Manning would have to do that and it's hard not to, but he had the perfect fundamentals. Well-coached. you think his dad and brother played? Yes. And look, Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter. <clears throat> and remember, Jimmy Garoppolo, on average, misses five games a year. That's just his career. He misses five games a year. And it is the preseason. But as I said, all players can do in the preseason is play against who they're playing against. And you can laugh and say, that guy won't be on the team. Well, what's he supposed to do? You know, if you sack the six-string undrafted quarterback and someone says, that's not Justin Herbert, well, bring Justin Herbert out here and let me play against him, right? So I I don't want to get too gaga over two preseason games because I've seen some guys have some great preseasons, and I'm sure you have too, and you're like, wow, that might be the guy. But it's those little things that a football nerd Like me, of all the sports I know, and obviously I know a lot about sports, and you do too, if you're listening because you're a sports talk nut, I know football better than any other sport. I know that the best. And just watching his fundamentals, and I know sometimes we get carried away. The one thing that my cousin who hates Tom Brady, he was always saying, oh, his footwork. People raved about his footwork. Well, it's a little thing like when you drop back, a five-step drop, as you come back on that last step, you got to throw out of it. In other words, all your weight goes back and then all your weight goes forward. The last thing you want to do after you drop back is stand up and then crow hop because that's two more beats for the defense to get ready for your throw. So all the way back, as you put your weight back, now you're throwing. Not drop back like Dan Fouts, you know, who went back, um, with his shoulder square to the line of scrimmage so he could scan. He just didn't want to get blindsided, and he was able to pull it out because he had a great arm. But, you know, most quarterbacks, they drop back, they stand there, they bounce around, they crow hop, and it, all you do is you just let the – it makes it harder for your O-line to keep those guys away from you. And <clears throat> over the years, every team, every draft – you know, Bill Walsh said, even when he had Steve Young and Joe Montana on the same team, he says you have to draft a quarterback every year. Now, there were more than seven rounds back then. I wouldn't say that anymore. But it doesn't seem like every year or every other year your team will just take a guy who is a huge star. It's just like Brock Purdy, the best quarterback in the history of Iowa State and the best offense in the history of Iowa State. Yeah, let's just take him, see what happens. Well, so far, so good on that guy. So I think what we're saying, you know, I was saying before was that these quarterbacks now that would have been in the seventh round, like, uh, Aiden O'Connell, they've moved up a few rounds to the fourth round, wearing number four, Derek Carr's four right on his chest right there. And you can see the experience. And so, You know, I I think what this, you could say about him was that he got good coaching at Purdue and he's confident in his abilities right now. But, you know, I'm talking about a backup quarterback right now. You know, then again, I mean, Brett Favre was a backup that Atlanta didn't want. Right. You look at uh, a guy like uh, Rich Gannon, you know, a couple teams didn't want him. Kansas City and Minnesota. Like, yeah, you can leave. So, I mean, backups are important, but. It's one thing to see a guy who's wide open and everyone's blocking for you and you throw a touchdown pass. But it's all the little nuances that Aiden O'Connell is showing that are very impressive to me. Very impressive. Now, he could go out and throw three picks and look like a complete dummy and fumble three snaps. He could. But uh, so far, um, very impressed with the kid. Very, very impressed. All right. Let's take a quick break. We will come on back on Sports Five.
1: That's 800-760-1845. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation.
14: Uh, I joined the army because my father and my brother were in the army. I thought I'd better join before I got drafted.
16: Son, uh, there ain't no draft no more. There was one?
11: Tittle always goes commando.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Hour one of two wrapping up. Rory Scoville coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll also get into the Otani thing. What happened? Uh, this weekend, Dallas Cowboys defenseman Sam Williams was arrested on possession of a controlled substance and carrying an unlawful weapon. This is not his first brush with Johnny Law. He was in a two-car accident last December, led to an arrest warrant. He was speeding at 98 miles per hour. And Jerry Jones had a very interesting comment about it. He said, well, first of all, I'm seeing that he is as, which is more often the case than not, this sounds a little hollow, but he does and, and is maturing. And he is he was going, what, 66 miles an hour? So he's 34 miles an hour less this year than he was last year, 98 to 66. So that's an improvement. He said this with a straight face. That's an that's evidence of maturity? Was this a joke? This guy's second-round pick out of Ole Miss last year. 24 years old he had four sacks as a d lineman but i think jerry jones was joking i want to say he was joking but that's pretty stupid if he wasn't it's pretty stupid if he was all right i'm rick we got two more hours come on back on sports pilot
2: say News, I'm Corey Myers. The 45th president of the United States expected to be booked into the Fulton County, Georgia jail today. Donald Trump reiterated his plans to turn himself over on criminal charges, saying on his social media site yesterday that he's proudly surrendering this afternoon. He faces racketeering and a dozen other counts connected to interference in the 2020 Georgia election. All eight candidates in last night's GOP presidential debate are vowing to reverse Bidenomics in the U.S. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis.
6: We must reverse Bidenomics so that middle class families have a chance to succeed again. We cannot succeed as a country if you are working hard and you can't afford groceries, a car or a new home while Hunter Biden can make hundreds of thousands of dollars on lousy paintings.
2: A man who opened fire on Pittsburgh police dead following an hours-long standoff and an extremely active shooting situation. The shooting started Wednesday morning after deputies tried to serve an eviction notice to a man in Pittsburgh's Garfield neighborhood. That incident turned into a barricade situation for several hours until the suspect was killed. The fate of the so-called Texas floating border wall is now in the hands of a federal judge. The system of buoys is being blasted by critics who call it a political stunt. The former head of Customs and Border Protection says this lawsuit brought by the Justice Department might be the tipping point in the fight between Texas and the federal government. China banning all seafood imports from Japan after Tokyo started releasing treated radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. China says the seafood ban is to protect customers from what it called Japan's selfish and irresponsible act. This is USA News.
0: To your left, our new exhibit, Monarchs of Springfield. And right here, we have our empty tour guide stand. The last time Bryn hired someone is ancient history. Sir, excuse me, that's not part of the exhibit. They Sir. need tour guides who know the museum ropes. Hey, kid, you, you like wearing khakis? I got a job for you. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule
9: and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash
13: credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. The extracurricular activities, the traffic, the nightly homework, the traffic, the finding time to eat dinner together as a family, the traffic. Back to school can be stressful. Thanks to Ziploc, meal prep doesn't have to be. New Ziploc bags with Stay Open Design have a patented stand-up bottom that helps keep the bag upright and a top crease that folds and holds for easy filling, unlocking a second set of hands in the kitchen. If only it unlocked a second set of lanes. New Ziploc brand freezer and storage bags with Stay Open Design from SC Johnson, a family company.
2: Police in Florida are warning residents north of Orlando to watch out for a monkey on the loose. The Orange City Police Department says they've received several calls about a monkey running wild through residential neighborhoods and have notified state wildlife officials. Officials are telling people to not feed the monkey. New research is showing a connection between the consumption of fast food in teenagers and elevated mental health issues. The Melbourne Collaborative study found teenagers who consume large amounts of fast food are 14% more likely to experience a mental health crisis. Officials say processed foods are tied into a range of long-term health issues. California making General Motors take some of its cruise robo-taxis off the road after two of its driverless cars were involved in collisions.
16: One of the robo-taxis collided with an active fire truck in San Francisco last week. The state's Department of Motor Vehicles is now requesting GM to immediately reduce its active fleet by 50%. I'm Dave Collins.
2: Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was asked about UFOs last night during the GOP presidential debate. After a chuckle, he responded the job of President of the United States is to level up with the American people about everything, whether it's UFOs or any other issue. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
1: That's 800-278-1738.
5: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
13: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it.
0: Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that welcome back to the uh, show. The New York Giants have acquired Isaiah Simmons from the Cardinals. The Giants are sending a seventh round draft pick to uh, Arizona and uh, Simmons is the eighth overall selection in 2020 is entering the final year of his uh, rookie contract declined his fifth year option and the new head coach Jonathan Gannon um, moved on from him. Simmons said, I told them I didn't want to play linebacker. I felt more comfortable getting back to things I have done in the past. Gannon said, he's been reliable back there, which is the first trait of a safety to me. He's in the right spot all the time. He shows range and some hitting ability, a little bit of coverage ability, downhill striking ability, long way to go, but I like where he's at. This is a guy who has never missed a game in his career. Over the last three seasons, seven and a half sacks, seven forced fumbles, four interceptions, two fumble recoveries. When this guy was coming out of Clemson, I really wanted the Raiders to get him. But, I mean, Simmons is a very intriguing fit for Martindale's defense now, which has a point to prove. And I think it's a fantastic get for that pick. I mean, if if Arizona determined that Simmons was not a fit for what they wanted to do, you could say getting anything for him is a positive, but not when you, you you think about this the cost sunk into a former first round pick the return on investment is pretty low when you think about it. a seventh round draft choice for Isaiah Simmons where was the where were the Raiders on that call? <laughs> I would give you three sixes and three sevens for that guy seriously. But uh, a lot of times these trades happen and the rest of the league was like, I didn't know he was on the block. All right, 1-800-878-PLAY. Big shout out to the brave men and women listening on American Forces Radio Network. You're doing a great job. Stay safe. Come home soon. Proud of you. Keep up the good work. Twitter is at Rick Tittle, X. Tittle Sports with Rick Tittle, Facebook fan page, so many fans, so brilliant, and on your cable system, CRN Digital Plus 2 Cable Radio Network Channel 2. I'm Rick Tittle. Get on back, y'all.
17: Right now at Wendy's, when you buy either a Dave's Single, Spicy Chicken Sandwich, Medium Frosty, or 10-piece Nuggets, you can get another for just a buck. Your dollar never tasted so good. So it's obvious what everyone will get, right? Ooh, definitely not. and a Spicy Chicken frosty? Sandwich, Dave's Dave Single, Single, and a frosty. frosty. me and a Frosty. Okay, who said Frosty and a Frosty?
8: Pick
16: your obvious choice. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Buy one, get one for a buck. Limited time only. Price participation may vary. U.S. Wendy's valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined in a combo or any other offer.
1: That's 800-943-2153.
8: Check out Channel 9. Check
3: out Rick Tittle. All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show the hilarious comedian and also actor Rory Scoville. He's at Cobb's headlining this weekend. And uh, Rory was in studio with us, I want to say 2016. Rory, it's been a while. When you came in with me, did that change your life?
10: That changed my life uh, forever. I think you guys can tell. I've stepped it up. I'm playing a bigger venue this time around. So yeah, it it did. It served its purpose. I got I got
8: pretty big. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, yes, the, the the world famous punchline um, has the the more intimate feel. Cobb's is a former music place, so you got the big yep. uh, roof, and uh, it's a different type of thing. Does it does it matter to you one way or another the, the shape of the venue?
10: You know, I think uh, I, I don't think it does. I mean, there are certain elements you want. You obviously don't want ceilings too high or anything, but I think ultimately the audience that comes to the shows, specifically stand-up and probably music too, they have so much more power than they think they do. Like, if they come in with a good vibe, then it the the performers can feel that and it just leads to a better show. So for me, the only thing is, like, if people are coming in who really are excited to be there and want to see a show, then it's always a fun, uh, good time. So, yeah, Intimate is fun, but also something like Cobbs or a theater, you know, it's a, it can always be good if the crowd is like, we want to be here and we know what we're getting.
3: Well, we know what we're getting with you, and that is commitment, and that's <laughs> one thing I love about you as a comedian. Like, when I was watching Historical roast a few years ago, and they go in the crowd, and you're... Shakespeare, and I'm like, I think that's Rory Scovel, and if it is, if it is, you're not going to hold back, you're going to give us all the Shakespeare you got, right?
10: Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that's the first time I've really gone through hair, makeup, and they had to make me look so wildly uh, different, where when you looked in the mirror, you were kind of shocked to see yourself, but yeah, that took some uh, commitment, mainly because I didn't fully know my lines, so... (laughs) <laughs> I had to just commit that I put a put a put a look on my face. I do know what I'm doing, and this is what I was told to say. And uh, yeah, Jeff uh, Jeff Ross is the best. I'm I'm glad I got to do that.
3: Well, also your acting chops. I mean, look, a lot of comedians have been in movies and they do a good job. But you know, in that Amy Schumer, that I Feel Pretty. I mean, you're 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 playing like leading roles now. Did, how hard did you work at the acting skill, or did you kind of take to it like a fish to water?
10: I, uh, early on, I gotta say, like most things, I was a slacker who, uh, someone had said I was a good at a thing. And so then I just thought I never would have to work at it. And I think for, uh, for stand up, I think you are naturally working at it, even if you don't want to, just by repetition of always doing it and needing new jokes. But for acting, I was always like, oh, let me just make sure I know my lines. What is acting? Who cares? And I would show up and just kind of do it. And then, I think by doing, you know, like I feel pretty and uh, being on this show, uh, physical on Apple TV Plus, that the fact that it was a little more dramatic, I was like, oh, I actually, th- there, this is a craft that I have not respected, and the people that are really good at this are so much better at this than I gave them credit for. That it really humbled me and made me want to learn how to do it, and it's difficult to do, as you can imagine, because stand up, I could go sign up tonight and go do four shows. Uh, acting, you've kind of got to wait till someone says you can do the job and then there's no practice. You're just already doing the job. So um, yeah, it got me, it, it opened my eyes. I, I wish I could say I was just a natural at it, but I think whatever I'm able to do naturally, it got me this far, but now I'm ready to actually get educated and, and really learn it.
3: Well, physical and its third season just came out a couple of weeks ago, third and final season. It's on Apple TV and you play uh, Rose Byrne's um, husband. And um, just when, when you're in a series like that, which is kind of a dark comedy, how much of it with all your comic, uh, you know, improv skills and your wit, do you say maybe it'd be better if I say that? Are they open to that or do they try to keep the script on rails?
10: No, Annie Weissman, the the uh, creator and um, you know showrunner, the whole, all of the titles <laughs> being kind of her a personal story to her. Um, she's very open to it. She was always open to trying out stuff, or if you had a line or a joke or something else you wanted to say, she was so open to uh, trying what you wanted to try and just doing whatever was going to be better which is great because she didn't have like this very egotistical approach like what I wrote is set in stone Instead, she was like let's get it as good as we can get it um, it's funny that I got that role I basically waited to get fired every day because Rose Byrne is so amazing and I felt yeah. like such a fraud but I got that because I auditioned thinking it was way more dramatic than it was and I think Annie thought that was funny that I was playing some of these jokes very seriously and so i was like oh i actually got a role because i'm so dumb at interpreting a script
3: (laughs) (laughs) well it's also i think if you weren't a veteran that it could be intimidating too because rose byrne is the triple threat of being a great actress uh really beautiful and also great comic timing too
10: yes absolutely yeah watching her yeah, watching her literally as front row as you could possibly get to watching someone's performance being opposite them in a scene. I mean, I truly, like, sometimes would forget to say my line because I was just, like, watching her and, like, <laughs> in my head being like, wow, she's really, really good at this. Like, I am I know we're acting, but I really believe all of this. <laughs> and then someone has to nudge you and be like, Rory, well, you're supposed to say something back to her right now. You're like, oh, that's right, I'm also at work. <laughs>
3: That's a great compliment to her. Um, I'm also, uh, if you remember, I'm a comedy nerd, and everybody, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of headliners over the last 20 years come in studio with me, and I listen to um, Joe and Mark's uh, Tuesdays with stories, and they always talk about how funny you are, but there was one episode a few years ago where they were basically saying, we will never, and those comedians are great. I'm sure you would agree, but they said, we will never get to Rory Scovel level. They, they were bowing down and throwing rose petals at your feet.
10: You know, I, I mean, and that's great. And that, uh, you know, that's always very flattering and you love it when other comics like, what you do but it's it's also funny i think we as comics can't ever actually see where we personally are at or what we're like fully capable of doing or what our thing even is because we're so inside of it we almost interpret it as like just okay or not even that great i mean those two guys are awesome joe just put a special out he's incredible stand-up mark is blowing up completely like yeah it's it's funny. Those guys are. I, it's funny that they would. they they'd never be at my level when I'm sitting here saying, "Oh, I'll never be at the level that they're at." It's funny how we
3: view each other. <laughs> By the way, I was a former Division II athlete who got a degree in communications. Can you relate?
10: Brotherhood. We're in the Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then uh, and then my college went division one and uh i while i you know not so jealous of going division one and the amount of work that takes but you do sort of get jealous of that budget that suddenly goes into uniforms and uh field equipment you're like why didn't we get nike
3: (laughs) mine went the other way i played college football at saint mary's and they dropped it so we went the other way (laughs)
10: <laughs> so you got less money. They're like, "Look, we're gonna. You guys to bring bring your own clothes from home and try to keep it navy blue."
3: <laughs> everybody get down to Cobb's down here on Columbus Street to see Rory Scovel. Check him out uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and uh, Saturday. Rory, always good talking to you, man. Have a good time while you're in town.
10: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. This was this was uh, this was great, and uh, yeah, can't wait to see everybody. Thank All you. All
3: right. All right, great stuff. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a quick break. We will come on back on Sports Pilot in
15: USA.
1: Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
11: Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at yo mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
3: That hurts my feelings. Welcome back to the show. one 800 play The California Angels of Anaheim of Los Angeles, after a lot of deliberation, decided to keep Shohei Otani and add a few pieces and Go for it and see if you can make the playoffs and maybe see if Otani could break Aaron Judge's American League home run record for a season, which he just said, less than a year ago. And now it looks like the season is officially over because Shoei Otani has a torn UCL. And the day after Mike Trout came off the IL, he was put back on it. But yes, the <clears throat> the UCL, the anterior ligament that's the one that tommy john surgery reconstructs and otani has already had a tommy john surgery so this would be his second since coming to major league baseball they have not decided on the course of action just yet there's a lot to discuss and what a complete and utter disaster these two months have been for the angels and if you go back to june 27th the Angels won a game that night. They were 44-37, the exact halfway point of the season. That's why I bring up the 27th of June. They were second in the AL wildcard spot. They were in second place in the American League West, five games out. Otani was far and away the MVP, and Trout was having a okay season. Not his standards, but for you and me, a pretty good season. And... As I said, they were on pace to win nearly 90 games, which would get them a playoff spot. Then they lost nine of the next 10, and Trout broke that handmade bone in his wrist. And this was about the time that the trade Otani whispers started to intensify. Because he had a few weeks before the trade deadline and if the Angels fell out of the playoff race, maybe you dangle Otani out in front of his free agency knowing that offseason he's going to leave anyway. He said at the All-Star game it sucks to lose through a translator, obviously. But knowing what we know about the trout otani era, this was basically the worst case scenario for them. The Angels temporarily started winning. In July, they won 10 out of 13, and that means on deadline day, they were three games out of a playoff spot, and a serious baseball franchise cannot trade their best player, especially the best player in baseball, when you're three games out of a playoff spot. And the added layer was that Otani wants to play for a winner, and if the Angels could somehow win, maybe just a deep run or a pennant, You could convince them to come long-term because everything's going in the right direction, right? It made all the sense in the world to hold onto Otani, and that was the right decision to make. It just is the right decision to make. And they went out and got Lurkus Jolito. They didn't have a very good farm system, but they brought back two old friends and CJ Krohn and Randall Gritchuk, but then they started losing and losing and losing. They started August with a seven-game losing streak. I mean, win 10 out of the 13 trade deadline lose seven in a row. It's just an atrociously timed scenario for them, and especially being in the walk here. The angels in August are five and 16. They are 10 and a half games out of a playoff spot. Otani will not pitch the rest of the year. Trout is back on the list. They're not going to rush him back. Why would they? It looks like Otani needs Tommy John surgery. He might be able to hit, but the Angels have lost their best pitcher. They were buried anyway, right? But now you're just spitting on him. This this organization is constructed with Otani being the two way guy to carry him. And they're gonna lose Otani altogether, but now they're losing the pitching side for him. Trout will be 32 years old next year. You know, he only played in 36 games in 2001. He missed over 40 games. Um, Last season, he's missed 82 games so far this season. His 263 average is the worst since he was 19 years old and called up. Anthony Rendon has a gigantic salary. You can't count on him except maybe fight guys at the Coliseum. There's not much to be excited about. And the last two months of this season so far were pretty horrifying for the Angels and everything that could go wrong basically has for them. And, like, I I despise the Angels. They're my most hated team. (laughs) They really, really are. I hate them. But I don't hate Trout. I don't hate Otani. I don't root for anybody to get hurt. Um... If anything they can say is, we're not as bad as the A's, <laughs> there's always there's always that caveat for them. At least we're not as bad as the A's. And if you're wondering if the A's could catch them, since the Angels are six games under five hundred, the A's are 24 and a half games behind the Angels. Once again, 24 and a half games behind the Angels. So it's a real shame because Otani is the star and he is the star of the, of the entire league. And you think about guys who are real standouts, right? We saw what happened with Wander Franco, you know, Aaron judge, the star of stars last year has not been himself. You know, it's taken a real hit to some of these faces of the game. You look, Two years ago, or last year with Tatis Jr., he was the guy, and then he gets suspended. A lot of these faces of baseball, so to speak, have been hit pretty hard. 1-800-878-PLAY. Get in and get heard, wherever you might happen to be listening, y'all. Um, as I go through, and we'll talk to J.D. Sharp more about baseball when we get to about 45 minutes from now. Um, The New York Mets made an announcement that was kind of good news for their fans and that two key members from their last World Series title will be immortalized at Citi Field because they're going to retire Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden's numbers. That's 16 for Gooden and 18 for Strawberry. And the Mets' list of retired numbers will be now Gil Hodges, 14 those two guys uh keith hernandez was 17 willie mays 24 i know how long did he play there <clears throat> play for two minutes you get your retired number when you're really Mays there mike piazza 31 jerry kuzman 37 casey stengel the old professor 37 tom terrific 41 and of course jackie robinson that's league wide at 42 um I remember when dwight gooden came up as a rookie it was my uh second year in college i was a sophomore and i never seen anything like it a strikeout machine rookie of the year dr k then they changed it to dr c when they found out he was a cokehead. but dr k it just basically just started calling him doc gooden i remember that all-star game at candlestick and he struck out the side i mean it's like this kid is amazing and by the way, his second year in baseball, 24 and 4 with a 1.53 ERA. 16 complete games, eight shutouts. If they had WAR back then, why would you need it? But if they did, he had a 12.2, which is unheard of. Cy Young, unanimous. The next year, the ace of the World Series champion. In 11 seasons with the Mets, Dwight Gooden. Went 157-85 with a 3-1-0. He struck out 1,875. And if you do like career WAR, he sits only behind Tom Seaver and David Wright in history. Strawberry came in as a rookie in 83 with another guy named Billy Bean that year. He was the rookie of the year, Strawberry, who was the MVP runner-up a couple years after that. Just remarkably consistent hitter and middle of the order guy in that World Series champ. Hit a home run in that game, seven as well. Uh, in seven years with a team, 263, but the big number is 252 home runs and 733 RBI, and how about 191 steals? So, of course, Strawberry went on to play for other teams like the Yankees and the Giants and a couple other teams. But, um, I think it's cool. The Mets need something, something fun to talk about. Right. And you think about over the years with these guys, I had Darrell strawberry on this show and he wrote a book about all the horrible things he did in his life. And we got into the nitty gritty. It was a pretty good interview because he talked about all the people he lied and cheated over the years. And now he's on the straight and narrow. So it's good to, uh, it's good to see these guys. Because they were amazing players. All right, I'm Rick Tuttle. Let's take a quick break and come on back on Sports Buy. Who's watching? Tell
6: me who's watching. Who's watching? Me?
15: Wake up, people. You are optimizing every waking hour of your life. From carpooling kids to work to friends and everything in between, you have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the next generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements. Learning how you sleep so you learn to sleep better night after night. Sleep Next
7: Level, only from Sleep Number. It's the biggest sale of the year. Save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing ends Monday. See store for details.
1: That's 800-788-1495. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917.
16: I'm sorry, it's the, it's the pleats.
14: It's, a, it's actually an optical illusion, it's the pattern on the pants the, it's not fla- flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the, the pants store.
11: Tittle is a majestic stallion.
3: Hey, thanks for that, and welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you, and uh, we have open lines at 1-800-878-PLAY. I was looking around baseball. As I mentioned yesterday, Executive BP Kenny Williams and GM Rick Hahn of the White Sox got fired by Jerry Reinsdorf. Both of those guys were at the organization for more than two decades. And yes they made the postseason in 2020 and 2021 after being out for 10 years uh, but the last two seasons big disappointments last year they were a 500 team which was second place and a weak al central <clears throat> and that's an amazing performance considering the team now has 77 losses And the if the pace holds true, this will be the third time in the last 10 years that they've not played 400 ball. And, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf talked about the well-worn cliche about sports being a results based interest. Yes. But um, we were talking yesterday about some of the assistant GMs. Bob Nightingale reported last night that Chris gets whatever he wants, you know, the rest former utility infielder and assistant GM is expected to be the, the full GM. And Nightingale also said that Dayton Moore, who after uh, coming up with Sherholtz in Atlanta and then turning the Royals into a pennant winner and World Series champ and got fired, he's now helping out with the Texas Rangers. That Nightingale says Dayton Moore could be coming over as well. <clears throat> so, That's an old boy network choice, but it wouldn't be a bad choice of Dayton Moore and whoever they do appoint as the next GM will have a challenge, um, obviously, but still, it's such a weak division, but the White Sox are active at the deadline. They were shipping away some guys like Lucas Giolito talked about him, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly. They're probably going to let Grandal walk in free agency. Why would they sign Elvis Andres back? Uh, Tim Anderson big disappointment this year playing the WBC didn't have a good year had his hands on his waist and let Ramirez punch him in the face (laughs) and uh, Mike Clevenger those two guys have club options I think they would keep Clevenger they would have to have a discussion on Anderson I think they'd probably keep him though but they have a lot of money tied into some I mean you could say unmovable vets Johan Moncada is having his worst year ever and he's going to make 25 million next year. Liam Hendricks who got over cancer. Good for him there, but he just had Tommy John. He'll be making 15 million not to pitch. And the most lucrative deal in franchise history was given out to Andrew Benintendi in the winter. He's going to make $17 million and so on and you tell two friends and so on and so on so they might have to trade some guys and if you look at Luis robert or robert i went to a restaurant at columbus circle in manhattan that was called robert i don't know if they were robert and i walked in and this guy about as tall as victor one 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 man he said welcome to robert all right Sounds weird. Welcome to Robert. But he is the most desirable player on the White Sox roster if you're looking at talent. He is a star. He's a good center fielder. He's signed for submarket prices going all the way till 29 years old. And for those same reasons, they probably want to hold on to him. But they might point uh, out that this is the guy that would probably fetch the most. And then the former Cub prospect, <clears throat> Aloy Jimenez, uh so a lot of contenders knocked on the door on Jimenez at the deadline, and why not? He's got that top notch raw strength. I remember John Baker talking about him in spring training when he was with Chicago, how strong he was. You know, he's not that great of a fielder, but he's a legitimate power source. And he'll be he's twenty six years old controllable for three more seasons, including a pair of club options, 25, 26, as I mentioned. So combined for 34 million. And then maybe a guy like Aaron Bummer. What a boomer. Um, does he make real money? He won't earn more than $21 million over the next three seasons, even if both his club options are exercised. And he had a rough year. But there are some indicators that he's could be an interesting buy low Candidate, But otherwise, Chris Getz doesn't have a lot to deal with from his veterans. And then a couple of notable guys will be entering their second RB year, Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech. And Cease had a real step back season from almost winning the Cy Young last year. I think he still appeals to a lot of teams as a potential frontline starter. A lot of people knocked on that door to trade him. Kopak was that fireballer that Boston had. He came in the Chris Sale trade. He's had command issues. He seems like he's always hurt. He walks people at a 15% rate, which leads the big leagues of uh, pitchers with at least 100 innings thrown. But a team that thinks that they could fix him with that amazing arm, I mean, it could happen. But there are also a couple recent first-round picks that are going to be reaching arbitration for the first time. You got the kid out of Berkeley, California, Andrew Vaughn, and it it, seemed, it Andrew Vaughn reminds me of Mickey Mantle in that he tries to hit a home run every time he's at bat, which is. But he's not Mickey Mantle. He's a good player. He's more of an average player, <clears throat> and. I think you could get a lot for him, though, at his age. And then Garrett Crochet, who they just drafted, it seems like yesterday, and it's three years ago, he's a high-leverage reliever when he's feeling well. And uh, his availability is always a little bit iffy, though. And then you got pre-arb, and we can't really belabor it too much. There's not a lot of ton to be found there. The White Sox have two players in their age 25 season or younger that have contributed, right-handed reliever Gregory Santos and lefty Sammy Peralta, who has made 5 big league appearances. Santos is 23, he's legitimately okay, sinker slider, traded twice, once from Boston to the Giants and then the Giants to the White Sox and it might make sense for the White Sox to cash in on him when he's at peak value. Otherwise, you got one outfielder and Oscar Colas, <clears throat> who had a pretty bad intro to the majors. Gavin Sheets hasn't come close to repeating what he did two years ago. Uh, Lennon Sosa hasn't done much in the infield. They're continuing to play him just to see if something comes up. But, you know, prospects, they do have a couple. They got a shortstop named Colson Montgomery who's the number 12 prospect in baseball. A lot of people say that he's the next Corey Seager because he looks like him and plays like him and the clear successor to to Tim Anderson. They got a lefty named Noah Schultz, who's six foot nine on the bump. He's got issues with his shoulder, but that's another guy with a real power arm. Double-A, Brian Ramos, 11 homers. In just 56 games there. But the White Sox also added four notable youngsters through the draft and in trades. And if you look at them in the Giolito trade, that Edgar Caro, we talked about, Q-U-E-R-O, 20 years old, has held his own at uh, A, And they think maybe in the bigs by next year. Shortstop Jacob Gonzalez, that was the guy that the A's were looking at. And the A's went with. Wilson instead um, he slid into the teens as I mentioned but he's a good lefty bat and he's looked very well in the minors so far in the Jake Berger trade they got a pitcher named Jake Eater who's a power lefty who um, is doing well at double uh, a and in the Lance Lynn trade they got a right handed pitcher named Nick Nastrini uh, who was so overlooked as the Dodgers are so stacked and he's got some good stuff as well so in other words, there are not a lot of sure things there. They got those prospects they'll give the White Sox something to look forward to. Uh, considering the state of the big league team, they're going to need all the help that uh, they can get. But, you know, this is the thing. Do you have that young star that you can build around? Not everybody's the A's where you get that young star and then you just trade him. You know, any other team in baseball would have kept Matt Olson and just built around him. You know, you have a guy who's going to hit you 50, 60 home runs. You just build around him. He want a gold glove at first base. Once again, build around him. <laughs> it's, not, it's not too bad. And one other thing I'm sure it made Charlie mad is that the Yankees finally ended their uh, horrifying losing streak yesterday, and they did it in a very Yankee way with a three-run shot from Aaron Judge and uh, they destroyed the Nationals 9-1 to in the Bronx. Nine-game losing streak. The last time they had a losing streak that long, I was in high school. If it had gotten to 10, it would have been the longest losing streak in 110 years. 1913, before World War I even happened. If it had gotten to 10 games. But, as I said, Judge... It was his first three-homer game of his eight-year major league career. Once again, three home runs, the reigning MVP. We talked about how you know these stars have taken a hit. He's like, well, what about me yesterday? Luis Severino actually pitched like he can. Um, the thing about Judge, Homer in the first inning, Homer in the second inning, and his second blast was a grand slam. That made it six to nothing, and you just have to bless these teams like the A's and the Nationals that are like the Washington Generals, the Royals as well. But at that point, you're like, oh, maybe we can get four or five home runs here. But if any anybody was starved for a win, it was that team, just starved. But Severino, six and two thirds, two strikeouts, two walks, only one hit. This is a guy who started last night with an ERA of seven nine eight. And so it nudges the Yankees up to 61 and 65, nine and a half out of the wild card, less than 1% chance to win. By the way, Cashman said before the game, it's been a disaster this season. It's definitely a shock. Certainly I don't think anybody on our side of the fence from our player group, from our coaches, our managers or also even outside the organization would have predicted this. Now it is a disaster. And the reality is, this team uh, hadn't won a game since August 11th, and they had to win one last night. Since the 4th of July, they're 12 and 27. So if you think about it, Severino, brilliant. Aaron Judge, three home runs. The crowd going crazy in the Bronx. It's like, this is what was supposed to happen. At least they got it for a night. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Buy.
12: Watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV.
1: 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. That's 800-293-0328.
9: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Right now,
1: Paid for by Steel Man Pills, 800-965-1295, 800-965-1295, 800-965-1295, that's 800-965-1295.
15: Attention homeowners, it's not if something's going to break, it's when, that's homeownership.
16: If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027.
1: 392 7027 That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First
16: month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details
7: teams have four attempts to move the ball ten yards. So if you see a graphic on your screen that says first and ten, that means it's the team's first attempt to get ten yards.
11: be crazy. Use a D O G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. The Lakers are going to be having a bronze statue of Kobe Bryant outside of crypto.com Arena. They're going to have it on uh, February 8th, 2024, and it was announced today on the 8th of August. 24 those are the two numbers that he wore 8 and 24 by the way both of those numbers have been retired by the Lakers Genie Bus said <clears throat> Kobe Bryant was one of the most extraordinary athletes of all time and one of the most iconic individuals in the history of Los Angeles there was no better place for Kobe to be honored with a statue than here at the center of our city where everyone can celebrate him and be inspired by his incredible achievements so Today, August 24th, is now officially Kobe Bryant Day in Los Angeles and Orange County. And this is why they had the announcement. Um, Also, yesterday would have been his 46th birthday. Of course, his daughter, Gianna, who also died in that tragic crash. uh, It's hard to believe it was uh, three years ago. She wore number two, meaning that February, when they do it, that'll be the second month. And all these numbers will mean something. And Bryant will be the seventh Laker with a statue. You got Shaq, you got Kareem Magic, Elgin Blair, Jerry West, and Chick Hearn uh, as well. So, uh, look, it is a, a fitting tribute. He is one of the greatest of all time. There's absolutely no doubt. All right, I'm Rick Tuttle. We got a, another hour to go. Come on back on Sportsviolent.
2: say News, I'm Corey Myers. The 45th president of the United States expected to be booked into the Fulton County, Georgia jail today. Donald Trump reiterated his plans to turn himself over on criminal charges, saying on his social media site yesterday that he's proudly surrendering this afternoon. He faces racketeering and a dozen other counts connected to interference in the 2020 Georgia election. All eight candidates in last night's GOP presidential debate are vowing to reverse Bidenomics in the U.S. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis.
6: We must reverse Bidenomics so that middle class families have a chance to succeed again. We cannot succeed as a country if you are working hard and you can't afford groceries, a car or a new home while Hunter Biden can make hundreds of thousands of dollars on lousy paintings.
2: A man who opened fire on Pittsburgh police dead following an hours-long standoff and an extremely active shooting situation. The shooting started Wednesday morning after deputies tried to serve an eviction notice to a man in Pittsburgh's Garfield neighborhood. That incident turned into a barricade situation for several hours until the suspect was killed. The fate of the so-called Texas floating border wall is now in the hands of a federal judge. The system of buoys is being blasted by critics who call it a political stunt. The former head of Customs and Border Protection says this lawsuit brought by the Justice Department might be the tipping point in the fight between Texas and the federal government. China banning all seafood imports from Japan after Tokyo started releasing treated radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. China says the seafood ban is to protect customers from what it called Japan's selfish and irresponsible act. This is USA News.
0: To your left, our new exhibit, Monarchs of Springfield. And right here, we have our empty tour guide stand. The last time Bryn hired someone is ancient history. Sir, excuse me, that's not part of the exhibit. They Sir. need tour guides who know the museum ropes. Hey, kid, you, you like wearing khakis? I got a job for you. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule
9: and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash
13: credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. The extracurricular activities, the traffic, the nightly homework, the traffic, the finding time to eat dinner together as a family, the traffic. Back to school can be stressful. Thanks to Ziploc, meal prep doesn't have to be. New Ziploc bags with Stay Open Design have a patented stand-up bottom that helps keep the bag upright and a top crease that folds and holds for easy filling, unlocking a second set of hands in the kitchen. If only it unlocked a second set of lanes. New Ziploc brand freezer and storage bags with Stay Open Design from SC Johnson, a family company.
2: Police in Florida are warning residents north of Orlando to watch out for a monkey on the loose. The Orange City Police Department says they've received several calls about a monkey running wild through residential neighborhoods and have notified state wildlife officials. Officials are telling people to not feed the monkey. New research is showing a connection between the consumption of fast food in teenagers and elevated mental health issues. The Melbourne Collaborative study found teenagers who consume large amounts of fast food are 14% more likely to experience a mental health crisis. Officials say processed foods are tied into a range of long-term health issues. California making General Motors take some of its cruise robo-taxis off the road after two of its driverless cars were involved in collisions.
16: One of the robo-taxis collided with an active fire truck in San Francisco last week. The State's Department of Motor Vehicles is now requesting GM to immediately reduce its active fleet by 50%. I'm Dave Collins.
2: Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was asked about UFOs last night during the GOP presidential debate. After a chuckle, he responded the job of President of the United States is to level up with the American people about everything, whether it's UFOs or any other issue. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
1: That's 800-278-1738.
5: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
13: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T
0: in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Hey, welcome back to the show, hour three underway. JD Sharp will join us to talk a little baseball on the other side. You know, I think it's hilarious in college football we have week zero. And what is that? Well, there's only a couple games, so it's not really week one. It's not? Hey, I don't make the rules. But week zero, we're gonna have Notre Dame versus Navy in Dublin ireland <clears throat> biggest city in the world because every day it's dublin um but i just remember that picture that coach nemo at navy navy showed their notre dame game and it showed the team captains coming out and you know at navy i'm 6 220 i would be basically a defensive lineman i mean they don't have big guys everybody's pretty normal size and so it showed them coming out for the coin toss. And Notre Dame all has NFL-sized guys, like six foot six, 330. <laughs> but what we're getting is the arrival of Sam Hartman, who has had a great career at Wake, and he had a year of eligibility with the Demon Deacons left, and decided to be the quarterback for Notre Dame for a year. Why not? You know, and the Irish are one of the most explosive teams in the country that... A lot of people think they have the best offensive line in the country, even better than Georgia and Alabama and USC. So, you know, the the Middies have gone 11-23 and 23 in the last three seasons, and they have a brand-new coach and brand-new And this will be his first game after Coach Nemo was there basically forever. Um, we'll also have San Jose State at USC. I mean... Poor San Jose State. What are they going to lose? By the way, San Jose, USC is favored by 30 and a half. That's not a game where one is, and they're going to win by 50 anyway. I would take the over in that game. But we have week zero coming up. All right. 1-800-878-PLAY. Tune in app. Buy hot radio app. Stitcher app. American Forces Radio Network Worldwide. You're doing a great job. Stay safe. Come home soon. Proud of you. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle. We got another hour, so come on back.
18: Let's keep making money together.
8: You can
4: host the best backyard barbecue. You can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today.
5: You can do this when you Angie that.
7: Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a, he's so handsome? He's a genius. Coming up next,
3: Rick Tittle. Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network, hour three underway, eleven twelve 12 a.m. on the West Coast. We check in with one of our friends from Pro Wagering. They're the ones that do all the analysis, and they are the veterans in the gambling world, and they'll tell you their best advice about where to put your hard-earned money if you want to take a punt or a flutter, as they say in England. Let's bring in. J.D. Sharp from ProWagering.com. Talk a little MLB. And J.D., you and I are in agreement <clears throat> that the Angels should just keep Otani and see if they could make the playoffs and convince him to stay. Well, it's basically almost the worst possible scenario for them. They uh, decided that they would start stinking as a team. And Otani now has a torn UCL. He's probably going to need Tommy John. Um, we'll see how much that affects his new contract. Mike Trout came off the IL, went right back on. Uh, what do you think about Anaheim at this point?
18: Oh, boy. Wow. Um, yeah, so he hits a 400-foot home run. Tone Terrace is UCL, then
3: hits a 400-foot
18: home run. Then he plays the next game. God, he had a chance to win the Cy Young this year, Rick. He really did. If he pitched well in that against those Reds, I and mean, he was pitching fine. His velocity was low. It was like 93, 94. But, God, he chopped. You know, honestly, I don't think he's going to get Tommy John. I really don't. No way. I think I mean he's got he's got a torn UCL, and I think it's going to yield Without Tom and John, I yeah, I'm not pitching for the rest of the year. I get that. That makes perfect sense. He may sit out. He may sit out from a batting perspective as well. I really don't know. I mean, he loves to play the game. He's got he leads the major league baseball at home runs. But yeah, the worst possible situation. And then Trout. I mean, I, I think Trout. You, you think Trout's close to done? What's well, he? Thirty-two, thirty-three. Stop stealing bases. Just hits home runs now. Doesn't really play defense. I mean, he's got like 18 and 64 RBIs this year, but or maybe it's 44 RBIs this year. Um, Comes back, pops out like three times, and just sits back in the IL. I mean, maybe 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 the Angels, maybe the Angels are the team that should be moving to Vegas instead of the A's, huh? (laughs) I mean, they're going to be in that that. territory, Uh, (laughs) huh? I know you would. Sounds good to me. They're going to be in that territory with uh, if Otani and Trout are gone. It's going to be tough. I mean, their pitchers aren't really. I mean, they've got, like, Giolito for, what, I think one year, maybe two years? They've got Canning. They've got Beria. They've got Ojapi, Neto. I mean, they just, they don't really have it. I mean, you know, Mustakis. A, a lot of rental guys. I think Neto's probably you – know, Neto and Ojapi are two long-term guys. But besides that, they don't really have a lot. They haven't drafted that well. No, they, haven't had, they haven't had great draft picks because they've had just good enough seasons to not have a great draft pick because they, they just haven't made the playoffs. But, you know, they've won enough games to be, you know, in contention several times. So – I don't know. Uh, it's a it's a very tough situation. I hope that he doesn't have UCL. I hope does hope he doesn't have to get Tommy John for the second time because he already had it. But uh, this is arguably the best baseball player ever. I mean, to put up the stats that he has: ten wins, five losses, three point one seven ERA, one hundred and seventy five strikeouts, forty four home runs, eighteen stolen bases, ninety RBIs. You know, hitting three ten uh, OPS about eleven hundred. I mean, insane numbers. Literally insane video game type of numbers. Creative player type of numbers. But uh, so hopefully I mean, he'll win the MVP, just like I think Mookie Becks, who, who's 5-for-5 five five right now, by the way, in this game against the Indians. 5-for-5. Uh, five five. He's now hitting three ten on the year. Uh, he's probably going to win. the. I think he's probably going to take the MVP from, from Acuna, which is interesting. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, it, it's his MVP. It, it could have been his Cy Young. It probably won't be now unless Cole just gets rocked the next two outings, which could happen. Um, but, yeah, it's a really tough situation, and I wish him the best, and I hope that he doesn't have to get – tommy john and i don't think he does honestly because otherwise they wouldn't have handled it the way that they did they wouldn't have had him play that second game rick you know because they knew about this after the first game they wouldn't have had him play that second game if they thought that he had to get tommy john because if because if they did and they really thought that that i would say he's got a giant lawsuit against the angels Rick. am i wrong
3: i would the way i you could be right but i the way i took it was Otani was saying look I'm playing. We'll check this out later. I'm doing what I want. And the Angels are probably thinking, why should we pay for the Tommy John so we can pitch for another team, right? Right. So,
18: but here's the thing I I want to ask
3: you is that you said he's going to be MVP. We have five weeks left. So you'll still give him the MVP. How, How about this? You know, you mentioned Cy Young. He has zero earned runs in his last four starts. His opponent average against... The Major League Baseball is hitting 184 against him. That's best in both leagues. His uh, strikeouts, 11.5 per game. That's fourth. Would you still give him the side? I
18: don't know. I mean, I'm saying MVP because it's both sides. You know, obviously it's it, it, it's it's pitcher and batter. Now, if he was just batter, would he have the MVP? He still might because he's got those great numbers. I mean, anytime you got an OPS over 1050, you're shooing for the MVP. It's pretty much the, the way it is, except in the steroid era, you know, when they were going back and forth. But, um, I don't know. I mean, again, if Cole gets rocked, because he hasn't pitched in a month, McClanahan's out. I mean, it's possible that he wins both. It really is. It really is. And that, and that, and then that becomes the best season of all time in any sport ever. Ever. If, if Shoyotani wins the AL MVP and AL Cy Young and sits for the last five weeks of the season and still does it, it's the best season ever. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, if Cole, Cole goes down or Cole just pitches really poorly in his next several starts, then, then yeah, it, it could happen. But at this point, lock for the MVP. Um, and I'll say he's probably going to end up second or third for the Cy Young.
3: One more question about Otani. Let's say he gets Tommy John, which I think he will. And, and then he comes back. Do you have him limited? Or, I mean, we saw how the World Baseball Classic ended. He struck out Mike Trout swinging. Would you make him a closer? Would you deploy him differently as a pitcher if he gets Tommy John?
18: that's a very fair question because he has been consistently injured i honestly don't know what i would do with him i'd probably do a little bit of both because he has the stuff to be a closer he has the stuff to be a relief guy i mean maybe that's the move maybe it's maybe it's not making making him a starter maybe it's it's having you know you, you you get a team where you start the game with a, a reliever and then he comes in the second and third inning and pitches through the sixth or the seventh i don't know but how does that work as a hitter because the reason that he starts is because he can't just hit and then go in for, he can't, he can't just go hit and pitch, you know, he can't just start the game as a hitter and, the, and then enter the game as a pitcher. So he has to enter gotcha. the game as a hitter and a pitcher. And if right. you want him to hit the whole game, then you're going to have to, you know, because that, that, that's so, I mean, it makes more sense as a starter or a situation like the Rays do a lot, where they bring in like, I don't know, a, a Peter Fairbanks or a Zach Littell, for the first inning and then second or the, the the Giants do this too or the and then the second through the sixth inning is Shohei Otani you know something like that could work could make sense um, either way I, I, I really don't think he's going to get Tommy John I know you do um, if he gets Tommy John can he hit next year or is he just out I don't
3: alley? think so I think he's just out yeah because my friend John Baker was a catcher he couldn't hit he wasn't pitching so yeah yeah, well, I mean, that be I mean, a little
18: been, bit earlier. This is Otani next <laughs> yeah. year. I mean, it's going to give someone a chance to win the MVP in the AL, besides him, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's really – I mean, uh, and I'd be looking at you know, Julio Rodriguez or probably a Bobby Witt Jr. who's having an unbelievable yeah. season very quietly right or, now. What, what, with what, isn't
3: Seager hitting like three sixty four or something?
18: He is. Seager's sitting really well. He hasn't had that many games. He was out for a long time, but yeah. he is hitting huge. He's hitting huge. He's got a great OPS. But I I like what Witt's doing with uh, 27 27 home runs, 82 RBIs, hitting like 285, stolen about 40 bases. I like numbers like that. But, yeah, Seager's obviously having a great season as well.
3: Last question for you. Brian Cashman called the season a disaster. and, And had they lost yesterday to the Nationals, it would have been their longest losing streak in 110 years. 1913, the last time the Yankees lost 10 games in a row. But it was... The dream scenario. Severino's ERA was almost eight. He was great. Aaron Judge, not one, not two, three home runs. This was everything yep. Yankee fans dreamed about all year for one night.
18: Yep. Yep, absolutely. And and Judge already went yard today. They're playing the Nationals right now. Michael King's on the on the mound, and Judge already went yard today. So, I mean, are they where are they at, Rick? How far out are they? Ten games? Twelve?
3: Like nine and
18: a half, yeah. I mean, I mean that could happen. I mean, it's again, they they have the talent. If Severino starts pitching well, and Cole pitches well, and Rodon pitches well, and Clark Schmidt pitches well, and their and their closers do fine, or their bullpen pitches fine, and Judge starts hitting, I mean, yeah, like sure, they could definitely make the playoffs. That could happen, and that would be strange. And they're starting per area now. You know, uh, they're they're sitting there, guys that haven't had much production, which is good. So they're bringing up their young guys. Anthony Volpe is starting to move up in the lineup where he should be. So I mean, it's possible they could make the playoffs. Um, but the fact that judges had four home runs in less than 24 hours is kind of crazy.
3: They're not, listen, what, what right now they're nine and a half out of the wild card. Boston is four out Toronto's one out Seattle's the third wild card and a half game better is Houston. I'm just going to assume Tampa Bay is going to be one of them. What odds would you give for the Yankees to climb over Boston, Toronto, and Seattle?
18: Nine to one, maybe. Right, plus nine hundred, yeah. maybe maybe seven to one, seven to nine, something like that.
8: Not yeah, thirty because they, can, but they be. can
18: do it. I would say I would say seven to nine. I mean, a good payout. You want to put up a hundred bucks, you get paid back eight hundred.
3: Wow, well, not bad. All right, JD Sharp, ProWagering, wagering dot Always appreciate your time and your insights, my man. Frank, thank you. Right, thanks a lot, Rick. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. And sometimes I don't ask questions. I just make a statement and wait for my guests to react like that last one. I'm Rick Tittle. we got open lines the rest of the way at one 800 A play Come on back.
1: That's 800-211-6008. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. That's 800-867-6917.
7: Can I be real with you right now? I mean, like, really, really real? Yes. I just thought about going out there for the second half, and a little bit of pee came out.
11: Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine.
3: All right, thank you for that. Well, 800-878-PLAY, eight, 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 come on in and get heard. Let's go to Chris, who's in Oakland. How you doing, Chris?
17: Hey, Big Rick, man. I'm just glad I didn't uh, try to throw a coup against your government. And then, uh, man, who didn't see that coming? That guy was getting up in that plane crash. That's horrific. But um, I, I Who? Mean, do you know any more about that? Like, what happened?
3: I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you
17: know what I'm talking? About? So do you remember remember the coup that was thrown against uh, Putin back in June? The guy like took uh, his, his arm, like he hit up the. the
3: um, oh, the you mean the, the, the Wagner, Wagner one, Wagner. like a couple of weeks ago? That was fake.
17: Yeah. Well, that guy ended in, in a yeah. plane crash this morning. So.
3: No, I didn't. You know, I don't listen to long the long news. I'm sorry.
17: <laughs> nah. Well, it's more important things like sports. Horrific. Uh, you know, horrific. Um, stuff for all the innocent people that were in that plane crash, but just it just it's like a bad K G B, you know, movie deal. But mess with Putin, that's what happens. All right. Uh went to his game yesterday, they you know, looked good. We lost four nothing. Day before went and you know, again there's still, you know, passionate fans of that. The bleacher guys are still fighting the fight. Um but with John Fisher basically making an official that, you know, that the um but, you know, he put in his paperwork and stuff like that. I mean, I think the play, and again, it's a long shot, but the play, I think, is that you have to try to convince the other owners. Not, you know, 75% have to vote for him. But as I've mentioned before on your show, and you've mentioned, you know, the only guy that voted against the Raiders moving was the guy from Miami, and that, not because he loved Oakland. It's just, you know, he wanted everyone to go to Miami instead of Vegas. So, I don't you, you have any thoughts on that? what uh, Fisher filed
8: yesterday?
3: I just saw the quote from Fisher that, you know, he says he feels bad cuz he grew up in the Bay Area and and uh, you know he did so many good things for the team and and that he understands the passion and that's just a bunch of BS.
17: Yeah, yeah. And do you think there's any way that the owners cuz I, I guess they don't have to pay a relocation fee. I guess Manfred said they don't have to pay a relocation fee and they're still going to get but I guess they wouldn't get the money though, right? Cuz when the when the Chargers moved and the Rams moved back and the Raiders moved. Everybody got a bunch of money out of it. So mm-hmm. hey, man, we're all self-interested. We all want our own stuff. So I can see why. I, I just don't see why the owners would not vote to move the A's to Vegas. And there's no way he's going to sell the team. Just, should, Fish is not going to sell the team, which I, know, I know, you know it's been great with the kids, you know, pushing that movement. And you know, they're getting all this. I guess tonight in Chicago, they're going to be out there and you know, trying to get the Chicago fans to to help out mm-hmm. and stuff. But I don't know. I, I just it's it's unfortunate that we're going to probably lose our third team. And um, just you know really devastating. And to have a, the iconic worst season in a, you know, basically in a franchise history at the same time, it's just, again, it's another movie. So terrible stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, mm-hmm. Rick. Well,
17: thanks as always, man. Thanks for taking my call. All right.
3: Bye. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. That's Chris out there in Oakland. 1-800-878-PLAY. Uh, yeah. I wish I could say I watch the news, but <clears throat> I, I don't. Um, I'm not proud of being ignorant. It's just I just know that, uh, you know, I, I studied broadcast journalism and it is definitely a, uh, a moneymaker. You know, if this was some government thing, kind of like the BBC, where they actually, um, you know, we're trying to impart. But now you can get conservative news and you can get liberal news. <laughs> and it's all about getting ratings. That's the thing. That really matters. But anyway, yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't know anything about the world. I just know about history, which no one cares about. 1 800 878 play to get in. Um, since Chris brought it up, I probably should get the, the direct quote. I have it here from uh, John Fisher, the owner of the A's. When he was asked <clears throat> about the uh, protests and if it affected him at all, And he said, of course, it shows that the fans are passionate about wanting to keep the team. And they're upset with me for taking away that dream. And in that sense, I take responsibility and I feel bad about it. There's a part of me that actually looks and says that Oakland fans are great fans. And there is incredible passion in our fan base. And seeing that passion, even though that passion happens to be directed against me, has a sort of an ironic twist to it where I can kind of appreciate the passion even though it's hurtful at times. He concludes, my message to fans is, hey, we did an awful lot of great things for this team. Over the last 20 years or 18 years, we've been involved with this team. The A's have made it to the playoffs six years. We have had some great players along the way. We made some changes at the Coliseum. We did an awful lot to really reach out and be a good steward of the franchise to the fans. That's his message to the fans. And he's talking to Raj Mathai, the reporter. And this is the local angle. He said, it's a difficult proposition to move a team, especially from an area where you grew up. But at the end of the day, I felt that Las Vegas offered the team and the A's the best chance for success, the best chance to build a new stadium, and to be able to kind of give Oakland or athletics fans, wherever they may be, you know, the opportunity to see great players and know they would be able to stay with the team over the long term. It's so maddening when you see stuff like that. <clears throat> to give Oakland fans. To give Oakland fans the opportunity to see these players? It'll be in Vegas. And you have enough money right now to keep all those guys. It's just astounding. It's astounding, the ignorance, when you think about it. And... And, and and even to say, he even uses the word steward. That's the thing that we keep saying. You don't own a team. You're just a steward, steward of the team. You know, and he's even calling himself that. But to say that that's the only way you can hold on to players when you're a billionaire. <clears throat> he's not Bill Gates, but he is worth. I saw the report in Forbes. He's worth personally 2.4 billion dollars. So is that enough money to build your own stadium? Yeah, it is. But it's definitely enough money to have a big payroll, especially when you're making money. And plus as any businessman knows, you got to spend money to make money. You know, and that's the thing, <clears throat> you got this jackass in Baltimore talking about, "Hey, if you want us to keep Rushman and Holiday and you know, everybody else, Henderson We're going to have to raise prices. Well, the A's raised prices and got rid of everyone. I mean, have we ever seen that in the history of sports? We're getting rid of Matt Olson. We're getting rid of Sean Murphy. We're getting rid of Matt Chapman. We're getting rid of Marcus Simeon. We're getting rid of anyone who might be good. A.J. Puck, Sean Maniah, you all have to go. And we're going to raise prices. And where are you putting that money? Oh, we lost so much money. (sighs) No, you didn't. You know, there are reputable places around the world that study finances, and they say that the A's made hella money. So am I going to trust magazines like Forbes who have nothing to gain by lying? Or am I going to trust a guy who I don't see his books, and he has lots to gain by lying? I would probably go, I'm not saying Forbes is the burning bush, but I would go with a magazine or an institution, whereas they would lose their integrity if they made stuff up when their whole existence is numbers and that the A's made $60 million last year and then raised prices and gutted the team. I would have more respect for the guy. I'd still hate him, but I have more respect for the guy if he said, look, I gutted the team. Because I don't care about Oakland. I don't want to pay anybody. Once we get to Vegas, maybe I'll start paying people. (laughs) Just come out and own it. I'm Rick Tittle. I do own the team. Own the other thing. 1 800 878 play. Come on back on Sports Pilot.
15: Can't wait for what's next. Even with higher stroke risk due to atrial fibrillation and a regular heartbeat not caused by a heart valve problem. Eloquis, the Pixaband tablets, reduces stroke risk. It's the number one cardiologist prescribed blood thinner. Don't stop taking prescription Eloquis without talking to your doctor, as this
6: may increase your risk of stroke. Eliquis can cause serious and in rare cases fatal bleeding. Don't take Eliquis if you have an artificial heart valve, abnormal bleeding, or have antiphospholipid syndrome. While taking, you may bruise more easily or take longer for bleeding to stop. A spinal injection while on Eliquis increases risk of blood clots, which may cause paralysis, the inability to move. Get medical help right away for unexpected bleeding or unusual bruising, or if you have tingling, numbness, or muscle weakness. It may increase your bleeding risk if you take medicines such as aspirin products, NSAIDs, SSRIs, SNRIs, and blood thinners. Tell your doctor about all planned medical or dental procedures. Learn more at Eliquis.com or call 1-855-Eliquis.
1: That's 800 760 1845.
0: Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's when you go out <laughs> and you look for reptiles.
11: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast. We talked about the Spanish women winning the World Cup, and normally you would just say congratulations to a team no one fancied to win the World Cup. And then we start talking about other stuff, but we heard that the goal scorer, Olga She found out after the game that her father had died. We also found out after the game that half of the team despised the head coach and didn't want to celebrate with him. And then um, there was controversy over the Spanish FA chief, Luis Rubiales, kissing on the lips um, one of the players, uh, Henny Hermoso. Well, today FIFA has opened disciplinary proceedings against Luis Rubiales. FIFA said, the events may constitute violations of Article 13, Paragraphs 1 and 2 of the FIFA Disciplinary Code. Article 13 relates to infringements of laws of the game, for example, violating the basic rules of decent conduct. Now, I did talk about the other day that someone said this was sexual violence. I didn't think it was sexual violence. I think sexual violence is sexual violence. I think this is inappropriate as all hell is what it is. And so, there are some renewed pressure Two of Spain's leading organizations in women's soccer um, getting really peed after this victory by La Roja. The union that represents Spanish women's soccer players uh, have called for him to be uh, fired uh, against his machismo and sexism. Uh, they put out a statement saying, "Quote: It is essential that our team, the current world champion, is always represented by figures who project values of equality and respect in all areas." The union is working so acts like the ones we've seen never go unpunished are sanctioned, and the pertinent measures are adopted to protect the football players from actions that we believe are unacceptable. <clears throat> now, Hermoso. One of the vets of the team, 33 years old. She just said she didn't like it. She didn't expect it. And she said that, uh, go talk to her agents, which are called TMJ. They said, uh, the agents will be defending my interests and acting as spokespersons on this matter. Yeah. Uh, Pro says that they will fight sexual harassment, abuse, uh, machismo, and sexism. It is necessary to continue advancing in the fight for equality, a fight that our players have led with determination, taking us to the position where we find ourselves today. <clears throat> and as I said, the criticism keeps getting higher and higher. I've, I've seen stuff like this before. My main man, Henry Wofford, <clears throat> who's a very talented broadcaster, and I used to work with him in radio, and um, when there was a point where uh, P. Diddy wanted to buy the Dolphins, and there was a video of him they were showing on cron four and the host daria Folsom said what do you think henry and he goes it looks like if he did he just drank a Fodi in that the naacp came down on henry Warford. i mean everyone just the, the things they said about him were deplorable he was trying to make a joke and <clears throat> look not all jokes are winners we know that <clears throat> and it probably was a stupid thing to say but to call him the things that he was called Um, especially by fellow African-Americans who are pretty deplorable, but this is the thing you can find someone to jump on. And as I said, what this guy did, Ruby Alice, excuse me, sorry, was highly inappropriate. It was really bad. It deserves um, an apology and it's up to Hermoso whether she wants to accept the apology or not. Something like that nowadays can get you fired as well. But when people see an easy target, a guy who brings it upon himself like Rubiales did, you're going to have this, <clears throat> believe it or not, you know who's chimed in now, <clears throat> is Amnesty International. They have lended their support to Hermoso and urged the Spanish Federation to, quote, take urgent measures, adequately adequately investigate the events, putting the focus on protecting the players. And Amnesty International says if they don't do it, they're going to go to the Spanish Supreme Court. Wow. What this constitutes is if you want to fire him, I don't have a problem with that. You shouldn't kiss on the lips anybody. I don't care where you work. That can get you fired. I have no problem with them firing him. But Amnesty International? The organization is trying to free free people who are improperly incarcerated around the world. So the women's soccer league, they're called Liga F, Liga Female, they issued a statement and they said uh, that it was unacceptable and repugnant. One of the biggest achievements in the history of Spanish sport was tarnished by the embarrassing behavior of the top representative of Spanish football, who once again and led by his continuous and habitual desire for the spotlight, demonstrated that he isn't up to the position which he holds. It's not only about the kiss. It's about the attitude that is so far removed from the values of our society, an attitude which is imprinted in the history of world sport and most seriously will always remain tied to our women's national team. We can't permit that this episode suffers no consequence It is the time to give a step forward. The other side of the coin would be a humiliation for all women and the biggest loss of Spanish sport and of our country. Whew, that is big. And look, there are ties going back to, you know, still to this day, women being controlled by men. Still women don't make as much as men doing the same job. I mean, all that stuff is true. It's a man's world. Yes, it is. You could say it's a white man's world. But, you know, basically the, the destruction of the entire country and the biggest loss in the history of Spanish sport, <clears throat> everybody's entitled to their opinion. I did found, find out, too, after the fact this morning that Rubiales, when they won, he grabbed his crotch and did a little motion. Yeah, he doesn't sound – this is a former player, by the way. This doesn't sound like the guy you want representing your country. That, that by itself is no good. So Rubiales said, I surely made a mistake. I have to recognize that. Here, we didn't understand it because we saw something natural, normal, and in no way I repeat with bad faith. But outside of the bubble, it looks like it has turned into a storm. And so if there are people who I have offended, I have to say I'm sorry. So now the Spanish prime minister of sport has chimed in, a guy named Pedro Sanchez. He says the apology is not enough. And there are politicians and journalists saying unacceptable, simply disgusting. And the Federation is expected to address this now during their General Assembly on Friday. It doesn't appear to be the order of the day, but it will be one of the uh, things that they will visit for sure. Um, the CSD president, Victor Franco said that he will take action against Rubiales if the Federation fails to do so. And, you know, this all comes with the unrest of Jorge Vilda. Remember it was in September last year, 15 members of the Spanish women's team sent a personally signed letter to the Federation saying they would no longer play for him unless he was fired. And the Federation backed Vilda, and they were ended up laughing because he, of course, won the World Cup. But there's now a video emerging of him appearing to inappropriately touch a female staff member during the match. I don't know exactly what happened with that video, the unacceptable uh, gesture that happened there, but <clears throat> I would probably imagine And this is me just completely uh, conjecting here. I didn't see it. I don't know. I just know sports. And it's probably a pat on the butt. I would probably say it was. Hopefully it wasn't like
8: honky honky
3: or something horrifying like that. It was a boob grab, Dominic told me. An awkward hug with a boob. (laughs) Was a Larry David boob grab where he's like, hey, I want more of those appetizers. And it's like, whoops. But. The other thing that I think is interesting is it shows how much really this sort of uh, mentality has come from the United States and is now overseas because, you know, for these, these traditional European countries, I mean, I know a guy He was from France and he married a friend of mine who's from San Jose and they had a baby and he's, he's like, I don't, I have nothing to do with the baby. That's for the woman. You know, that's, that's just the way it is. And, you know, he's my age. He grew up during the seventies and everything, but he was from France. And I know a woman, she said her husband was from Mexico. He did the same thing. I said her husband was from the Philippines. He did the same thing. He says these old world things that, you know, I, I would imagine in Spain 20 years ago, they would have seen the kids, maybe 10 years ago, seen the kids and like, ha ha ha. And the girl would have been like, Oh brother. You know, like maybe one of those deals uh, as well. Oh, yeah, Dominic just sent me the picture. It does not look good. Um, he's sort of holding his staff back, but it is a grab of a boob. <laughs> That's I laugh because there's no, really no way to defend that. But then again, if that happened uh, and it took, you know, literally one uh, millisecond, because you can freeze frame things and be like, "Look what happened!" and it looks like a total, uh, a total uh, boob grab. But anyway, so what I'm trying to say is, this soccer team is trying to celebrate, and it's just all this controversy, which is a shame. You know, it's sort of like when the 49ers won the the Super Bowl and Jerry Rice was the MVP, and he didn't get to say, "I'm going to." Di- well, he got to say, I'm going to Disneyland, but he didn't get all the endorsements. And then he said, I'm not getting the endorsements because I'm black. And then people said, no, no, we've had black guys on Wheaties covers. And he said, no, this is racism. And so the Super Bowl victory was a little tarnished because Jerry Rice felt that he wasn't being treated fairly. I know, it's a different type of thing. But normally you just want to celebrate and be like, woo, hoo, hoo. But, I mean, it's obvious this guy's going to get fired. Amnesty International is chiming in because he kissed one of the players. So, yeah, I think the odds are stacked against him. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Byron.
9: Right now.
1: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. That's 800 965
15: 1295. Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Call the Debt Helpline
1: now. 800-943-2153. 800-943-2153. 800-943-2153. That's 800-943-2153.
15: It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass.
11: heart to beat Every time she walks down the street
7: Another girl in the neighborhood Where she was mad She looks so good I wanna hold her, wanna hold her tight
11: yeah, Teenage kicks right through the night Rick Tiddles got a black belt in keeping it real
3: Thank you for that and welcome back to the show I uh, just heard during the show very sad to report that Michael Urban has passed away he passed away yesterday on his 55th birthday a uh, former beat writer for the Oakland A's at MLB.com dot uh, wrote a book called The Three Aces about uh, Tim Hudson, Barry Zito and Mark Mulder was also <clears throat> on local sports TV as well for a while But uh, a guy that I worked with, I did countless shows with, he and I together at 95.7 FM, and um, I hung out with Herbs, I golfed with him, Uh, he was, uh, (laughs) in many ways, even though he was three years younger, kind of like a little bro to me. Uh, on the air, but we used to go at it at times, but we also were, because we were old guys over 50, the only ones that got each other's references. When 95.7 in December of 2019 decided it wanted to go cheaper and younger, he and I were two of the guys uh, that were uh, let go. I was never fired. I just wasn't scheduled anymore after eight and a half years with the station. Uh, Mike had his demons. There's no doubt he um, had bouts with alcoholism. He went and got sober. He used to talk about getting sober. But the tragic thing is, is that with all those demons that he had, he had a good heart. Um, he had two daughters uh, who I believe are college age. And uh, Mike's a six foot six guy, and his daughters are really tall. I think they're athletes, swimmers, or softball players. But it's a real waste to, I, I don't know what happened to him. Um, I fell out of touch with him the last couple of years, but i get together with some of the old guys. We'd always ask how herbs, how is herbs doing? So it's a real shock. And, uh, as I said, it's a waste because he's tremendously talented and he had a good heart. So rest in peace, my friend. And, uh, we will see you tomorrow at 9am Pacific time.